Welcome to Over Dinner Tonight. I'm your host, Alexa Buckley. I sit down and dine with some of the world's most interesting and inspiring voices. And we have the kind of conversations that can only happen over the ritual of dinner. So please grab a plate and maybe a bowl of miso soup because we are having Japanese food tonight. Okay, here we are. We're at Rule of Thirds. Let's go have dinner. Rule of Thirds is a very cool industrial-style Japanese restaurant tucked away in Brooklyn. It's nestled between warehouses in Williamsburg, and you walk through a small alley and end up in a pretty magical courtyard to get here. All right, we're so happy you're here. We're meeting Teffy. Some know her as Estefania Pessoa, or Hello Teffy on TikTok and Instagram. She is a pop culture connoisseur. I love her commentary, and she is brilliant and so much fun. This restaurant is delicious. Oh, you've been here? Oh, yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah, I came here a while ago. Me and my friends got obliterated in one of those rooms. Amazing. We're going to have a room. I'm... (laughs) Now we're walking to meet Lindsay at our table. We'll get you mic'd, and then we can get drinks in order. Tonight, we are also sitting down with Lindsay Peoples. Lindsay was the youngest ever editor-in-chief at Condé Nast when she was appointed to run Teen Vogue. She is now the editor-in-chief of The Cut from New York Magazine and a co-founder of the Black and Fashion Council. We're so excited. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. <laughs> thank, oh, thank you. I like Cheers. everything except for pickles. I know. Oh. I think I had one bad pickle in 1998 and I haven't looked back. Are we going to buy pickles? I would okay. pretty much eat anything. Oh. So what do we think? The ricotta dumplings sound cool. Ricotta dumplings. Mm-hmm. And the hamachi collar. Okay, great. perfect, perfect. And, and then soup. some smashed cucumbers, maybe? Can I do the miso soup? Oh, yes. same, same. I want a miso soup, too. Please. That was, oh, we were fast. That was amazing. Thank so you. have you two met before? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. This is my girl. All right. People are like, I'm like, oh, my girl, my girl. Okay. <laughs> Thank you both so of much course. for coming yeah. to dinner. This is really exciting. And the idea for this was really born out of that game that so many of us play, which is if you go to, could go to dinner with anyone, Anybody. who would you go to dinner with and why? And I think kind of inherent in that question is like dinner is the important piece, which is like mm-hmm. dinner is something that we all do every day. And it's sort of this shared ritual that happens at the end of the day, kind of like after we've done all the things and assumed all the roles and can just sit down and breathe. Mm-hmm. And so that is what this is meant to be. It is, um, you know, I think for me, like a place where I've had so many of my ahas too, with girlfriends or family members, it is just like that place. Yeah. And so I'm so excited to have dinner with the two of you. I'm so I excited really too. appreciate you guys being here. Somebody asked me that on an interview and my friend was there. I said, Robin Williams, <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Mandela, and Will Smith. I was kind of like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. I don't know why I said it. I don't know why. I think when I was young, though, I, I saw a picture of Nelson Mandela and I said, that's the nicest man I've ever right. seen. Because he has those puppy eyes. He does. And mm-hmm. I think I did, my mom calls him my Nelson Mandela face where I was like obsessed with him. I had like pictures my, of him face. all <laughs> over. Do you have any rituals around dinner or did you growing up in childhood? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love, I still love to have people over now. Like, mm-hmm. I think cooking. Do you like food, to cook? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, my dad is a really big cook, and my mom too. And so it's always something that I feel like 
community is so important mm -hmm. and I think like since I'm not I don't have any family here mm -hmm. it's the thing that I started to really like to do when I finally got my own place mm -hmm. and stuff like that because from? Wisconsin yeah. go, um, go, go Badgers yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah because I feel like when you move here from the Midwest it can just feel like everything's really fast-paced everybody mm -hmm. here is so different mm -hmm. and I really like being normal and chill despite what I do and I think it kind of confuses people that I like to just like have dinner and yeah. chill like I don't mm -hmm. like and sure. so I'm starting like a cookbook club and no inviting way. Some, some friends over so you have to come over. I can't cook. Something. I've never cooked. Like right I'll now I'm, you. thank you. How, I do you. how do you eat? Take out? What? It's the same way I get anywhere. Uber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My mom's helping me pack and she's like, you would think that you were an executive cook. I'm like, once a month, I'm like, you know what? If Remy the Rat can fucking do it, I can fucking do it. Like, please, I can fucking do it. So. Miami growing up, did mm -hmm. you have like any dinner ritual? I mean, yeah, like dinner was definitely... My mom and my dad were raised very differently. So my dad is like this like little surfer kid from Rio mm -hmm. who like, he tried stealing like a mango from a tree in a, in a neighbor's yard and they shot him in the leg with a BB gun and he was like, and he still has like the BB gun in his calf and like they took him to juvie and I think he just saw too much. I think mm -hmm. he saw too much. Mm -hmm. And then my mom was kind of raised to be this like Colombian princess. Mm -hmm. Like I watched like My Fair Lady and that was like my mom's life. I come from Coral Gables and people always want to say like, oh, you come from such an affluent community. But I feel like to divulge that my mom was like a single mom. And there was like, it said, welcome to Coral Gables and there was my house. Like she worked so hard to keep us in that zip code would be like a betrayal in a way. Mm -hmm. But I went to a public school and I saw a lot of kids and I look back at my life and I'm like, my life is so boring. Like when I watch TV and it's mm. supposed to be the boring family, I'm like, that, that's me. Mm -hmm. Like it was so, we argued there a lot. I remember my mom was like, no, you will not go on the Atkins diet. You are 16. <laughs> or like when you go to those like weird things as a kid, we're like, I've never eaten this. And they're like, you've eaten your grandma's lentils. Yeah, yeah. But then as I got older, I felt like my mom kind of like relaxed a bit. And we got those like, um, TV tables. Oh, the best. Yes. <laughs> For a movie on With a Friday night. penguin, oh, like Hungry yeah. Man. We were like, we had a lot of movie nights. Thank you. So we would all sit. I watched Fatal Attraction with my mom and like I love yeah. watching Fatal Attraction with my mom. Every time you know they're remaking it, and I'm very skeptical. How do we about stop it? it? Stop I touching think, things. I don't think I they should have done that to Glenn Close because oh. I just feel like she was the truth. She Cheers. was it. Cheers. Cheers. Literally to Glenn Close. Mm. I want people to stop touching things that are already good. If they touch the detectives down under, those little mice. Oh yeah. You remember those? I, I dare like them. A lot of times when they touch a lot of stuff, I'm like, this is okay, but we didn't need it. And I when they that read, way like every one time. of my favorite movies is Coming to America. Oh, mm -hmm. I love, love that movie. It's just mm -hmm. it like cracks me up. And then when they remade it, I was like, okay, great. I still love all these people, but this is not, not like nearly as good I as the first agree. one. Whatever this drink is, it's very good. How is it? Oh, I was like, me so so. <laughs> no, this is really good. It's like mango juice. That's I, your favorite movie, though. That's your favorite movie. What's your favorite Coming movie? Coming to America. Fifth, the Fifth Element. It's mm. my favorite movie of all time. I think when you ask people their favorite movie, they think of like something that's gonna like speak to them. I'm like, no, I'm talking about like a movie that you watch and you like say the lines back or like. That's like the oh, movie, yeah. you know what I mean? Like deep, me. You think I'm ta trying to be intellectual when I tell you um, Lake Placid? Like, give yeah. me a Yeah, yeah, it's like, no. 
Like my brother's like Sharknado, and I'm like, that's that's baller. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, yeah. baller. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like absolutely. People are like Clockwork Orange. You do not yeah, love. No. You don't cozy up on a Friday Please. and think, mm, no. It's raining. Should I? <laughs> I'm in the mood. No, what's yours? What's yours? The one that I'd watch on a Friday night, so, uh, Father of the Bride. It's a cute Steve one. Martin. So sweet. So many things I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. First, I love your TED video. Oh, thank you. You talk about so many good things, but one thing in particular, as someone who has done such a beautiful job celebrating and talking about confidence, is a particular line when you're talking about, I think, a difficult moment in your life. And you mm -hmm. said, if confidence was a muscle, mm -hmm. I was living in atrophy. Right. And I thought that was like, wow. I thought that was baller when I wrote it. And I said, it oh my god. So good. I was like, yo, I was like, bars. So she said, I couldn't believe it. I was like, can anybody hear me? <laughs> we, yes. Have we not all been there? Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious. As someone who's done such a good job celebrating and talking about it, like, mm -hmm. where do you think it comes from? And like, how do you exercise the muscle? I think there was a moment where, when you have issues with like your body and like nourishment and stuff yeah. like that, right? Like I always talk about being in Miami, like there's this idea of this like Latin woman and it's like Sofia Vergara, like Jessica Rabbit, mm -hmm. but you're in 2005. So like, I don't look like Paris Hilton, but I'm also American, but I'm also Latin. Like, so I think there was just a moment where being mad and being sad gets really fucking tiring. And I, you just don't want to live like that anymore or you see other people living a certain way. And I got really stuck in this idea of like, well, that's just not for me, that's just not for mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, why, I do all this, but why not any of this for me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So then I did every like hustle in New York possible. I joked that if like somebody needed a plumber, I'm like, me! And I would just YouTube it for like two hours and show up. But I was a personal trainer. No way. I, know, I knew this, yeah. I was a personal trainer for a long time. And I remember learning this word atrophy. And I was like, yeah. there is something emotional yeah. about that. And the what, disintegration of, or the loss of over time, yeah. slowly. I couldn't do what I do now if I wasn't in a relationship when I started because I was so obsessed. I don't think I've ever said that, but I was so obsessed with male validation that I had it, so I didn't care if you wanted to fuck me or not. And I think my whole life was so obsessed So you could put yourself with, out there. And I could just do it. And I started to really like the person that I was talking to, which mm. was myself. I mean, it's it's so, like when I first started doing like YouTube lives, yeah. and, and I'd be like, how many people logged on? Like how many people were in the chat? And they're like counting your mom. It's so bearing. It's like, yeah. fuck my life. So I think oh, it was, at, I was at a point where like I was coming home to somebody and I didn't care if like, if people found it attractive. And then when that ended, I was like, I don't want to go back into that and not caring about if people want to, wanted to fuck me or not was like the key to like everything. But I, I started like um, just being myself and like I had something to offer where... Because you weren't concerned about this other thing that had consumed part of your like right. mental capacity. Whatever confidence was before, I did not have that. Everything was personal. Now that I'm 32, who knows how I feel 33, maybe I go back, I don't know. <laughs> but at 32 now, TikTok has given me this like doorway to yeah. kids who are 15 and that's the first time I looked up losing 10 pounds in six days or something like that, like something crazy that yes, you do as a yes, kid. Yes, yes, that yes, was like yes. the first age I remember being like, I really don't want my thighs to touch or something like that. You mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like how do I get these huge titties and this like small waist? And how do I look like basically Dexter's Barney. laboratory? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how do I look like that mom? You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when I see people being like, oh, I'm 16 
and I love your content. Oh, yeah, 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 because you're getting to talk to the person that like, you wish someone had talked to you yeah. when you were that age that had the confidence and the wherewithal uh, that you have now. They don't know what they do for me, too. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, when they're like, you you help me so much, so you don't know what you do for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a that rewarding That is a confidence thing. boost, yeah. I guess I'm curious how you exercise the muscle, how you think about finding confidence. Mm. I mean, I think it's like one of those things in time that you figure out. I, yeah. I don't think that it is, like, when we talk about what does it mean to like have happiness or joy or having it all like it's I think that it's something that we could talk about till we're blue in the face but it's ultimately something that you have to find Mm -hmm. within yourself and I think there's so many more conversations I think now of just like not finding it in your work or in other Mm. labels that I think women have traditionally found Mm -hmm. it in and I think as someone who I've always felt that I was overly ambitious and perfectionist Mm -hmm. and all of that, I realized that it was too much pressure Mm -hmm. for me to front as if I was fully confident in all of these roles or in all of these places. It can be hard, especially like for myself, I always felt like in the industry that I work in, I'm really young. You are the youngest ever editor-in-chief icon in us. Very young, but I don't feel my age. You've always felt older. Yeah, 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 I always felt older and just like, capable and yeah. ready for what was at least coming. That's what my mom says is confidence. It's crazy. <laughs> that is really. My mom says confidence isn't loud, confidence is capable. Confidence yeah. is, no, is like this quiet knowing. Yeah. It's like not the it's loud knowing. Yeah. Actually, I'm so curious to ask you this, which is you were the youngest ever editor-in-chief at Condé Nast, mm-hmm. and now you've gone on to like really transform the cut as editor-in-chief. and. I've read in some of your interviews and heard you talk about Toni Morrison as like a source of inspiration and I'm not really gonna get it right exactly, but there's one line in particular that you reference is sort of being like, you are not your work, you Mm -hmm. are the person that you are. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for someone like you, but for anyone, because it's such a universal thing, no matter if you're the editor in chief or you're a mother, you're an artist, you're an athlete, like it's so hard for any of us to untangle who we are from the thing that consumes our time. And so I'm curious how you think about like untangling your identity from the title. Yeah, oh, good yeah. question. I mean, I read a lot about this with Tony because I just, I think she's like the best to ever do it. But I yeah. do think, um, and I've studied a lot of her work and I think somebody in particular like her, it's looking at her as just a woman and a person outside of her legacy, outside of all these amazing things that she's done. I went to this museum um, exhibition at Princeton a couple weeks ago and it was all about her process and her Mm -hmm. writing and like all of the works that she threw away on the side to create the things Mm -hmm. that she did, um, which was just really beautiful and and retrospective. But a lot of what she talked about was that, you know, no matter what role, title, award, like my talent is mine. Like Mm -hmm. what I have is within me and no one can take it from me. And I try to remember that because I think it can be really easy to get caught up in like things we get invited to or things that you like have access to or I have this title now so I can do X, Y, Z and more so whether I have this or not, like what is in me is still in me. Like they didn't give it to me, they can't take it away. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really important for me to also be grounded in because I think fashion industry is just like so tough to be in and I always joke like when we go to Europe when we go to shows overseas and stuff like that like it reminds me of like the most insecure period of high school where everybody (laughs) is trying to prove themselves and like I'm cooler and I'm smarter and I'm prettier and And I know more people yeah and I just have to remind myself like you know what what talent what ideas 
what fortitude mm. is in me is in me and like everything else is just noise. Yeah. And I think Tony's work, not obviously rooted in fashion, but so much of her work was about like her identity not being wrapped up in the things around her and just in herself. It's really beautiful. Were you surprised by her process? No, I mean, she, is so prolific that it was just insane. I mean, a lot of times when I need inspiration, I just listen to her voice. Wow. I listen to her You're documentary. To her somehow in some past life or something for sure. I mean, but she's literally, she's the OG. You can listen to her and you're like, damn, you're smart. Like, you know, like you're just like, damn. Like, so like fluidly, um, so naturally, yeah, so genuinely. Yeah. I mean, it's like Oprah's voice. You can yes. just like, you listen to it and it's just calming. And you like fix your posture. You're like, all right, like, <laughs> let me get it together. But I mean, obviously, because she was a writer, like I just identify in that way. Yeah. But um, I think also because I didn't really have anybody in fashion that I looked to. And I remember having a lot of conversations starting out in fashion where I was like, I don't have one person that I'm like, I want their career. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody that I was like, oh, you're the blueprint. This is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. And for very different, complicated reasons that I just felt like I wanted to do it differently. There's a lot of times where I'm like, like I said, like I, I saw that and I can do it better. Mm -hmm. I looked at people and I'm like, I could do that, but that's not all I want to do. I just wish there was someone that did everything that I did so I can take it. But doing it first or something is terrifying to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's terrifying for everybody. <laughs> it's true. And I think you, I mean, I think you said this, Tuffy, which is mm -hmm. you, another mantra of yours that I read is let fear fuel you. Oh, yeah. And I think about this all the time because I mean, I'm like the number one culprit of, like when I was little and I would stand on the edge of the pool, it would take me so long to jump into the water. The and once I'm in, I can like swim there for hours, but the jump, and yeah. even it was like doing this. Like mm -hmm. I said, yeah. I had this idea for like two years before I you did? decided to do this. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. there is that like paralysis period before you do the thing, jump in, and, and a lot of us can get stuck in it. And so I guess I'm curious, like what was the last thing you were really afraid to do? <sighs> so fucking much. I was a receptionist and I heard about this audition for this YouTube show mm -hmm. and I went. That was terrifying. I thought they were going to look at me and be like, sorry, we said no receptionists allowed, you know, or something like that. And I got it or like ending my engagement is terrifying or like mm -hmm. breaking up with a friend that you love. Mm -hmm. I'm someone who like, I really love like comfort. Okay. Yeah. Even though I'm wearing a thong right now and it's killing me, <laughs> but even like the ideas of like, the idea of like being forgotten mm -hmm. or like the idea of being like overlooked and I fucking hate fashion week it's the worst because what do you hate about it well even the people that have been doing it for 30 fucking years like, are still like nervous it? or feel like they're new and it's either I don't think anybody enjoys it nobody does listen I think Miami's very clicky but like and so I can do it I can walk into a cafeteria that's what mm. I call my life kind of every day online is every it day is. it's a new high school cafeteria oh, and I'm trying to make it to a safer table yeah. where they're not like you know, sharks in the water, hateful, <laughs> yeah. or you know, like weird. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, the bad weird, not the like eccentric, amazing of course, weird. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like where the fuck is Julie Fox? <laughs> like <what? laughs> you know. So like every every day. So at Fashion Week, when I walk in, I'm like, it's different because in a high school cafeteria on the internet, people are like, all right, what's this about? In Fashion Week, they're like, who the fuck are you? Mm. Yeah. Or like yeah. you're here with who? I'm, mm. I'm I'm here with with Lindsay. Like you want to. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? And the people who work it, I say the world is run on 19-year-old interns and assistants. Yeah, it is. Uh -huh. And they are frazzled and they're so scared and we've been there, but I'm like, but if I don't get my seat, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this whole thing of like, please, this show is 10 minutes. For these 10 minutes, please don't anybody let me look stupid. Literally. Mm. Please. You know what I mean? And did I shave my ankles? No. I would've done <laughs> Never. I always miss them. Yeah. What about you? What is me. the hardest? 
I think the hardest part for me is probably, I mean, it's a long tour for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because I do the road. New York, Milan, and Paris. So yeah. it's just a long time to be mm-hmm. away. But I think also, I very much have always felt like I love fashion, I love style, but I care about the world very deeply. And I think that fashion people can be very selfish and very self-centered and think that like what we have going on is more important than other things in the world. And I mean, it was one of the reasons why, like you can tell by the places that I've worked, like Teen Vogue and The Cut Mm -hmm. are places that yes, we have really beautiful stylish things, but like an abortion rights cover, like it's not just a one note, pretty images and that's it. Mm -hmm. And I think the worst parts have been when things have been going on that I really care about or that are really important to me or just important to the world and it feels like the fashion world doesn't care or doesn't validate that Mm -hmm. um and feels like you know oh like we don't we don't have to really talk about George Floyd we don't really have to talk about anything that's going on in your world because we just have our pretty clothes here and I think Mm. that's like the worst of it because you're like well actually I don't need to be here like I can just go home but it's it's very uncomfortable and tone deaf because at the same time, I think really? a lot of the brands want to say that they care, oh. you know, put a model of color on a cover or, you know, try to dip their toe into something. But I've, you know, been in the industry long enough to know and I can sniff it out so easily with people. Totally. Of like, I already know I what know. games, like oh I already God. know what games you're playing. And so. Well, that's what's so powerful about why you found it in the Black and Fashion Council. Yeah. Let's build infrastructure, like, let's do this and yeah. let's hold people accountable. I mean, even with that, though, like, I had that idea for a long time. Did you have it when you wrote the 2018 article? Before that. Before it? Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. I think um, she came out of the womb with it. <laughs> she was just like, she knew. this is how I think and this is how I feel. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Mm-hmm. No, I used to do these, like, women of color in fashion brunches in my apartment and I remember the first round of them was when I worked at Teen... So I interned at Teen Vogue and then I worked at Teen Vogue out of school. Mm -hmm. That was my second time being at Teen Vogue. I mean, that was like, what, 2012, 2013? There were a lot of those conversations around race hadn't happened yet in fashion. We had a lot of these conversations of like, oh, I've been called the N-word at work. Like, how do I deal with that? And it was really tough because, like, I needed the jobs. Like, I don't come from money. I don't have a trust fund. I'm hustling, I'm working, you know, two, three jobs on the side. Mm-hmm. The whole time I was working there, I was always like working a nighttime job, helping a stylist or working, changing mannequins at, at a mm-hmm. store. You were logging those fucking and, like, hours. Yeah, and then I was always waitressing in the weekends. Yeah. And like, it was always a thing. So it's like, yeah. how do I correct people in the workplace yeah. about racial discrimination without losing my job? Mm-hmm but also standing up for myself and being able to sleep at night. And yeah. we would just have like lunches in my apartment and do that. And wow. I think... And was it a regular group of people who are still involved with the council today? Yeah, that's yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's yeah. so yeah. amazing. It's so cute. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of it was just that we needed to talk it out. Like I, yeah. a lot of people were like, I can't do this anymore. And I don't like, I can't work in fashion anymore. I can't deal yeah. with it, Mm-mm. which I get. Like, I feel like it's a very sink or swim industry. And like, it mm-hmm. doesn't get better as you get older, which is, I think, a, a weird misconception that people have. Yes. I know, I really, I really thought <laughs> my people pleasing is taking years <laughs> of my fucking life, bitch. <laughs> Me like, too. Could you do this for, a dollar and a high five, and I'm like, of course I can. Don't do it. Don't do it. Actually, take away the dollar. Yeah, of course, don't do it. I think 
for me, a big wall for me is like, I want to I want to take over the fucking world. Like you want to be doing way above. That's because you know that you could do this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. fuck it. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. You too. Yeah. It's like, it's, why you, it's hard for perfectionists to try something for the first time. Yeah, I'm a Virgo rising. It's the worst it. thing in the fucking world. I call myself a Beyonce rising. It sucks. <laughs> but I think that's something like really yeah. powerful. Because my mom doesn't apologize either, but everybody's like, your mom's like a second mom. I'm like, <laughs> cool your fucking jets. Right. She has a daughter. You've both actually talked about your moms, I feel like, and women in your lives. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, I mean, as someone whose mother is like my person, I'm curious what your relationship with your moms is like and how maybe it's changed over time. Can I ask you something? Mm -hmm. is, when you were growing up, was your mom the kind of mom that was like, I'm not your little fucking friend, I'm your mom? Mm -hmm. And now they want to ask about your life, and I'm yes. like, you said you weren't my yeah. friend. Yeah, now she's, yeah. now she's in my business all the time. Yes. I literally there. called her this morning and I was like, can you just pray for me? I'm just like having <laughs> yeah. a moment. And yeah. she's like, what happened? And I was like, I don't want to go into it. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, what happened? And I was like, <laughs> I said, I don't want to go into it. Like, I literally just said, and then I'm like, I have a meeting. Can you just like hurry up and pray? Like, I don't like, Hello. hurry up and make like, a pastor. Oh my God, for me. this is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, my mom was definitely like, I'm the parent, you're my child. Mm -hmm. But my mom grew up really poor. She had a really complicated relationship with my grandmother. Who, In Wisconsin? Yes. I think my grandmother just tried to make it better when with with the grandkids. Like she tried to like oh, she yeah. realized that she wasn't a great parent and tried to be a great mm -hmm. grandparent to, to me and my sister. Mm -hmm. And she was my best friend. And I think like wow. my mom wow. was really open to us having a relationship, but she also my mom has like never played that shit. Like yeah. never. Like she lived close to you and you had kind of your own relationship. Yeah, yeah. And my mom though like I always felt like she poured into us all the stuff that she wanted to happen in her childhood mm. and like wanted us to have, you know, certain opportunities, which I think most parents do. But yeah. it's interesting, like my most of my family still lives close to home, so I'm the only one mm. that's further from them. So I think they they worry. And just because I'm weirder than them, yeah. like I just <laughs> I am true. like I'm the odd one. And they Big don't siblings. like when I say that. Yeah, my older sister, mm -hmm. I'm very close. Um, but. Most people in the Midwest have like a normal job and a nine to five yeah, and like you do this thing and you go like it's just like they have a schedule and a routine and whatever and I'm Probably. like I'm going to Seoul next week by I'm like it's like dying. it's like weird yeah. shit all the time. Where do you fall in the order? I'm the, I'm the oldest. Oldest. I'm the oldest. lighthouse. Wait, how many siblings do you have? I'm I've my dad had extracurriculars, oh, but the okay. same mom, same dad. Love you guys. Same mom, same dad is my I'm the oldest and it's. Laura, who's 30, and my brother is 26. My dad and my mom treated me differently because I was girly and they saw, my mom never, but my dad saw my Achilles heel. Mm. And I really wanted to be pretty. I, I say that about all women, that's like our whole lives is like, we're almost pretty. Mm. If we just like bought that, mm -hmm. if we just did this or be with this person. I'll be happy like, when I. Always, mm -hmm. always, always, almost, almost, you know? Yeah. And I, he saw that, but I think being oldest. He saw like, that in a helpful way or no? No, <laughs> no, no. no. I look a lot like my mom. Even with the Botox and the filler, Dr. Halas, Han 56 and Lex. <laughs> but I think for me, I always, I like to say that consequences make the man, but disappointment make the, make the women. And for me, it was really, really hard because I had the most memories of them. And now I'm 32 and by this age, my mom had two kids, fucking nuts. Wow. What? Oh, Take a nap. I know. I, just, I told I my mom. It's so crazy. It's cra I looked at my mom like, I know at one point I told you, we're chilling. It's cool just you and me. Yeah. But then my mom and my dad got into like a big legal battle. 
And when you're 15, and I'm so sensitive, like I was so raw, like Mr. Krabs without the shell is what I like to say, you know, yeah, he's like, yeah. Ugh. And I took it so personally that I was like, mom, for the majority of my life, I thought you were mad at me. I thought you didn't like me. And my mom was like hyper strict, which at first I was like, oh my God, she thinks I'm pretty. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, she thinks like men are gonna be obsessed with me. They weren't. Um, but I think uh, there was a point where as a kid, I looked at my mom and I was like, I must be bad because mm. I'm already not allowed to do anything. So I must be so bad that I can't mm -hmm. even like try. Like other kids are going to parties and stuff, but I'm trying to be a better sister and a better daughter. I just think for so long, I was just thinking about like, if I could just do it, if I could just do it, if I could just do it. And I looked at my mom and I'm like, are you proud of me? My mom's like, yeah, I'm super proud of you. I'm like, so what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Mm -hmm. proud like, I've always been proud of you. No, yeah. no, she did not say that. <laughs> there have been, no, absolutely not. There are moments when I was like, I really did it this time. My dad would say that though. What would he say? My dad is a teddy bear. Are you closer with one parent or the other? It's just different. Different ways. Like, yeah. I think that I'm a split personality of both of them. So, like, I have, like, a day that I talk to my dad on the phone. They've been married 45 years. Oh, wow. my God. Romance. And they're very cute. It's very mm. disgusting. How do they meet? How do they meet? Okay, so this, this is a sound made up, but it's not. So my dad is one of nine from Alabama. Wow, okay. Half the siblings were like over being in the South. Yeah. And we're like, we're driving up North, didn't know where they were going. Mm -hmm. Just literally drove How up to Wisconsin. How old were they at this point? They were in their 20s. Okay, They wow. went all the way to Wisconsin. Yeah, they, they, literally they were up. driving North. They said, no Philly, north. no New no, York. No, Philly. literally, just like go out. <laughs> no. Rented a house across the street from where my mother was living with her mother. So my grandmother and my mother. Right. My dad is living with his siblings across the street. Mm -hmm. He recognizes that my grandmother's garage needs to be fixed. And he sees my mom outside. And, he's, <gasps> and he was like, I'll fix your garage if you let me go on a date with your daughter. No <gasps> way. And she said, you know, I do need that garage. Literally, she was like, <laughs> he well. He just had seen her through the window. Yeah. Oh, he must have looked like a nice boy. I mean, um, I'm glad he wasn't crazy, but I also was like, Grandma, what, what was the really deal? A good meet we didn't know about serial killers back then. We <laughs> no, we, we did, actually. Um, but yeah, so that's why we live in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That's, crazy. that's a really awesome yeah, story. But my dad is a sweetheart. For the first time today, my mom described me as a kid in front of my friends, and it was the first time. How do you think your family would describe you as a child? Mm, I think they would say I was really quiet. They could tell that I was a people pleaser at a young age. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of different reasons. I don't know if it is a younger sibling thing or just, they always could just tell that I was thinking a lot but didn't want to say mm. the wrong thing. They'd be like, what, what? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Yeah. So when I ended up working in fashion, they weren't like surprised because I always like to do creative things, but they were very like, we were just waiting on you to kind of awesome. to decide. Yeah, yeah. What were you like as a child? If your mom, do you know what I was like? You were a show girl. <laughs> I was that freaking frog with the top hat. My mom, my mom said today that she was like, oh my god, every photo of Teffy as a kid, she's fighting to get in the front. She has the biggest smile. Like I was like, that is so me. I don't know what it was, but I just think. Yeah. But something heartbreaking was mm -hmm. the other week. I was looking at my mom, and she was like, oh. Like the WhatsApp auntie chat, 45 women deep, you know, like Amazing. they know everything I've ever done. Like my mom knows everything all their kids have done. 
And they were like, oh, they're so proud of you. And I was like, that's amazing, whatever. And also everybody, I'm the only, my sister, my brother and I are the only kids in the entire friend group of my mother's that went to public school. Mm -hmm. So we always kind of like shied away from it. I asked her like, oh, do you think, and she was like smiling at her phone. I'm like, mom, do you think of me as like your famous daughter? When you think of me, do you think of me as like a public image, like a public mm -hmm. person? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's fucking nuts. Yeah. I'm like, well, how do you feel? And I'm, she's like, how do you feel about yourself? Like, I feel like I'm the girl that got her period in fourth grade in front of everybody. That's how I feel, you know, like that's my whole life. Actually, it's two culture mm -hmm. connoisseurs. What do you think the most interesting thing happening in pop culture is right now? We can go high-low with this too. You go first. Hmm. I mean, I do think a lot of the stuff that we're consuming as far as like TV shows and all of that is really interesting because our attention span is so much shorter. Mm. But I do think like all of us waiting to watch Love is Blind. This is what I want to talk about. Because I, I also know I bet every season of that and Married at First Sight of couples that we're going to stay together and not. And I'm so good at Did it. Did you watch Australia? Did you guess? Yes. Oh my God. I can, I can literally every season I'm like, nah, I don't see it. No, it's never going to work three years, you won't like this person, like, mm -hmm. every single time. It's interesting that, like, as a culture, we like shows like that, when I feel like people aren't even, like, open to having conversations around dating in a healthy way, but, yeah. but like, everybody, like, loves this show around dating. They're like, and let's like, bring back arranged marriage. Literally, <laughs> it's like, it's it's so crazy. Bitch, I wish, I would love that. <laughs> I could love this little man, like, his work is done. Come here, baby. Thank you. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. Wow, this looks so good. Love is Blind, for me, it, those shows, we love those shows, like Love Island, Another Bombshell, and Just a Villa. I love that. I say that every time I enter my house, my cat is in rage, it's fine. <laughs> but I think it's because there are moments in life as we get older, when you're young, peekaboo is like magic, you know what I mean, like yeah. as you're a baby, but there's magical moments. Like I love a New York night, where like you're walking around. Like one time in New York, I'm walking around, I ran into my cousin who lives in Bogota. Mm. I was like, what the fuck? Like those like moments where you're like, holy shit. Or like, yeah, yes, my course. second grade best friend happens to be at the karaoke bar. Yeah, like those. And love, I think, is like the one thing that we cannot control. We and can't like manufacture it. Yeah. yeah, I can plan a vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, I can come to this podcast and know I'm gonna have a great time. Mm -hmm. But if you were my date, I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't, I don't know if you'll love me back. Totally. I walk into every situation and I'm like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like we can't manufacture love. We can manufacture anything else in TV, but watching real human beings fall in love. Mm -hmm. That's like my mom said that was a, like one of the biggest heartbreaks of her life is one time I was going through a breakup. Mm -hmm. I must have been like 17 and I looked at her and she said, I looked up at her and, and I said, I did everything right. I did everything right. And that's why I don't want to have babies because I will kill a 17 year old boy <laughs> when you called your mom at certain times and she's like, does your mom ever say, I wish I could take it from you? Oh yeah, all the time. Oh. I'm like, can you This try? morning, she's like, <laughs> she's like, just visualize me hugging you. Oh <laughs> my God. I mean, I'm also curious for you because you have built a career that isn't necessarily based on a following, but it comes with the job. Yeah, and yeah. so like, like, do you love it? Is it like a necessary eve? Like, how do you feel about having an audience when you haven't intentionally gone out to build that yeah. as part of your job? I mean, it's kind of a necessary evil, but I think it's hard only because I don't have like a lot of friends, but I'm, I'm cool with everybody, but I'm, I have like my people who are like my people, but that's just cause I'm just like a real bitch. Like mm -hmm. I don't play this shit. I'm not fake. I'm just 
chill. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times in what I do, people are very fake friendly and are not actually loyal. Like transactionally. Friendly. Yeah, and just like don't actually really care like if someone is hurting or if mm. they're like, if this is like actually not sustainable for them anymore mm -hmm. or if they need help or whatever. And I think a lot of times people are so concerned with like the persona and the character that they are and the person that they are on social. And for me, it's like, yeah the beginning and end of every day, like it's about the work, but it's also been a th tough because I want to be approachable. Like I want people to be able to access me and say like, hey, I didn't like this thing on the cut and here's why. Like I'm all ears. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I want to hear you tell me why you like something or why you didn't. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I mean, people mm -hmm. go in on me I and it's imagine. like, I can't make everyone happy. And also a lot of times there's an explanation for things mm -hmm. where I can't tell people what the explanation is right like i can't like right. spend my days no. defending no. our work and commenting on things yeah. when oh because it's yes, good fucking work mm -hmm. i think people just don't give you the benefit of the doubt but i also think for me it's literally like when i speak to a lot of young people i'm like all of this other stuff is nice and great but at the end of the day like if you're trying to be a journalist you're trying to be a writer you're trying to run a magazine that kind of work, like it can't be about the attention mm. around the work. Like it actually has to be good work. It has to be the work. Mm -hmm. Like it can't just be, I hope that XYZ people retweet this. And oh, yeah. like, that's not the thing. And I always tell young people like, you gotta be hungry to do this work. And like that hunger has to come inside from you. Less like thirst for the attention, less thirst to like be the person. Mm -hmm. Cause that will just come with the work. And I think, that's why it's such a give and take kind of relationship with and it. And it's also, I think, what's so amazing about what you've done at The Cut, which is I can go there for the fun profiles in someone's morning routine, or I can talk about like the most intimate. Yeah, yeah. and it's so, I read somewhere you talk about this idea of like leading culture and mm -hmm. not chasing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, when you wake up, how do you think about doing oh, that? Oh fuck, I'm chasing culture. I just realized. <laughs> okay. No, I think everybody has their lane. I mean, but I think like, Part of my job in magazine work, I read everything. So like when I open my computer, it opens about, you know, 30 something tabs and I'm reading wow. everything and skimming like what everybody is writing about, what isn't happening in the world. Like you're doing this first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. and you're after. After my prayer. After your prayer, after, after, prayer, after you water, meditate. After my prayer. And you work yeah, out, you do your exercise. Yeah, yeah. go walk around the track, then mm -hmm. I come back, yeah, and I open up my computer and look at the news and look at everybody's websites and see what's going on. But a lot of it is then, what do we have to say in this moment? And I think a lot of times, I can like a lot of other people's work that I think is really wonderful, aspirational, attainable on the other side, but I want the cut to be right in the middle where mm. I feel like it feels like an inviting community. Yes. And I want it to feel like, we. I, what I always say is like, I want it to be the thing that's in your group chats. I want it to be the thing oh, that yeah. you're sharing with your friends and you're like, oh, did you see this? This is hilarious, mm. or this is really important. I mean, I think the stories that are the best are the stories that require a sense of bravery, like the stories that require mm -hmm. a sense Absolutely. of courage in you to do. And I'm not saying that they're necessarily quick ones, but yeah. I want it to be a place where we're actually starting the conversation and creating those mm -hmm. conversations. And we'll, yeah, we'll talk about some things that other people are doing as well, but like... Not the same though. Yeah, I like mm -hmm. that we're the place that a lot of other people follow. Obviously outside of the 2018 amazing article, is there one that you're most proud of recently? Ooh, hmm. I love my staff, I'm biased. I think they're really, 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 really talented people and I'm really honored to work with them. I think a lot of the stuff that we've done lately is just, really really good for a lot of different reasons like yeah. our cover we did young miami and i loved that cover because it was so good a lot of the especially 
POC celebrities, they don't get the elevated treatment when they mm -hmm. get shot. And when they do, they usually look ashy or mm -hmm. they get like the Giovanni stuff. clothing. Like, it's just like not, mm -hmm. I really love when we're able to shoot POC celebrities in a way that's really editorial and fun and interesting and not just the same thing over and over again, but also... Also in their element. Like, yeah. that was what that cover was. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. she owned the room and, like, the space. And yeah, like, and, like, we went down to where she lives. And just the conversation I felt like was really fun. Dania Iswasi is one of our writers, and she's incredible. She, she did that conversation. A lot of those things people don't think to do because they're like, oh, we only want to do these certain celebrities or we only think this person is cool enough or good mm. enough or worthy for our attention mm -hmm. where I'm just more interested in a different path of mm -hmm. people that I think are deserving of our platform and are worthy of that treatment and should get more so attention true. in that way. What yeah. is the hardest part of your job? Is it that? The peanut gallery? No. About moms. Before I ever started social media, my mother had never heard me curse. And there are certain mm. things you don't tell your older cousins and stuff like that. And so you like, have millions of followers, so you have to. I think for a long time, I thought I was like really, really different from my family and I never thought they would enjoy me. So that's a great gift, you know what I mean? Like, that's so nice. But I think the hardest part of my job too is like, I hate when people are in my fucking comment section talking about she, her, say it to my fucking face. She's so ridiculous, who? Uh, <laughs> bitch. I think like people talking about me, like they know yeah. me. I'm like, oh yeah. you know me. Because I let you know the things that you know about me, but who told yeah, you to yeah, put yeah, two yeah. and two together? Because yeah. it's not two, it's yeah. three. Yeah. yeah, and or the other day I tweeted about my sister's engagement and somebody comes something rude and I clap back or something. And then somebody DM me my sister's full legal name and my mom's address. And I called my mom and she said, I am busy right now. Let them come, I don't give a fuck. And I said, okay, this is like- That's an amazing Yeah, she like, I think she was watching that Claire Dane spy show she loves so much. <laughs> she only gets like 72 hour trials at like showtime and she's like, I need to finish this right now. You know, but I think she was so unbothered by it. But I think that's the worst part too, is that I feel like everything that I do, there are certain parts of my life, like I went through a breakup. I'm never gonna tell you why, it's none of your business. It's, oh no, he sucks, surprise. Like that's all you need to know, you know? So. I think the hardest part is somebody assuming and trying to tell me what my life is like, what my friends are like. And the worst is like, when somebody makes a video about you and they go, and I always had a bad feeling about you. I always had a bad, <laughs> oh my God. I always had a bad feeling about your breath. How about that? You got a lot of toothbrush to be so chatty. Halitosis ass bitch, I can't stand that shit. I can't stand that shit. Somebody's talking about me, that's crazy. And I try to, I try to offer that grace you're gonna it's tell really me. hard. She's not talking about Selena because she loves Haley. How fucking, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Maybe it's just not interesting. I think that's also, people assume if you don't talk about it, you don't care about it. No. What if it's yeah. just boring? The best part is doing stuff like this. Yeah, this is the best. What's the hardest part of it? Mm, I think the lack of privacy is hard, but also just like, I think understanding that people expect you to just like be on all the time. Like we have to go to a lot of events or, you know, dinners and store openings and blah, blah, blah. I don't mean to sound like a brat. I'm, I'm grateful yeah, for the opportunities. Course. I'm grateful to be yeah. able to do this, et cetera. But I also like the pressure that you're in, in these roles is immense. And also like, 
I'm in a role where I have to constantly come up with ideas. Like, you're working a like, news cycle. Like, it's constant. We have to come up with ideas of things to do. It's not like I'm a model and I'm waiting on somebody to book me for yeah, a gig. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm no, I'm creating yeah. the gigs. I'm mm -hmm. creating all of these moments and things. And so I think I need quiet for that. Like, and I just need to be able to, like, chill a little bit to be able to even, like, come up with ideas. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but I do think the lack of privacy is nuts because mm -hmm. people think, like, because we write about certain things or because I post certain things that they can talk to me a certain way. And it's just never, mm -hmm. I've never been that girl. Like, I'm so calm, but like, watch your tone. It's just very simple with me. Yeah, and I think yeah, yeah. a lot of times it's hard because you want to give people grace and you want to be nice about stuff. And I'm also like, you're rude. I yeah. don't come in your DMs mm -hmm. and just yeah. go off on you like, good morning. It's a hard line because I want people to tell me their thoughts about the cut or what they think about the work and all of that. But at the same time, so much intentionality and thoughtfulness goes into the cut that I'm like, can we just take a second? Intention. Where do you get that inspiration for writing stories? Like, is it coming from all angles? Sometimes it'll just come from one specific idea and then we'll blow it up into other things. Like when we did the abortion cover last year, mm -hmm. my deputy, Jen Ortiz, she's amazing. She was like, yeah, like we obviously write a ton of stories around abortion, but I feel like we should actually build a tool. Like yeah. we should actually build something that allows people to- Like resourceful? Yeah, yeah and actually yeah. provide service around stuff. And so a lot of the different packages that we have or just like series of things that we do, it's like, we'll have really great essays oh, yeah. and features around something, but it's also a service. So it's not just, yes. this is how I can get help around this, how I can actually move the needle on this topic, mm -hmm. or this is how mm -hmm. I can actually understand this better for myself. And a lot of it is based on like, what do we feel like people need or what do we feel like people aren't, you know, talking about in a way that, that is approachable. But mm -hmm. also I think a lot of it is just like to be less pretentious than a lot of other magazines. Like, like let's be fucking for real. For yeah, let's be real. And like, I think a lot of the magazines are very traditional in thinking like this, like this is what the fashion space is like, or this is what luxury world, mm. if you what like you Hermes like? or like, this is what, yeah, yeah. And like just talking down to women and just making you feel bad if you don't have eight Birkins and two G-Wags. Like I think the tone is off too. And so, a lot of it is also just like, what do I think my girlfriends need to know more of right now that they probably don't realize? It's like, how long do you leave your leggings on after you work out? Like, <laughs> just checking. <laughs> and now, time for dessert. No good dinner ends without something sweet. Maybe that's like her character. Hello! Hi. Dessert! Yes. Oh my gosh. Hey guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, this I'll is have just, a bite of ice cream, yes. My last mm -hmm. question for you, this is my fun question is, Health doesn't matter. But if you were stuck on a desert island for the rest of your life, you could eat one thing. Forever? Ooh, every day. Every oh, day? Never get tired of it. I'm eating a fucking New York cheesecake. Mm. I love that shit. I look at juniors, I'm this like, There's, so there goes my babe. Like, literally, <laughs> I love that. But I think I, I, I love it, like a, my last like meal on earth. Yes. Like if I was gonna walk okay, death row, I would have like a New York strip steak with like the, sweet potato oh. with the asparagus and Ooh. then like of course yeah. like if i don't want to fall asleep after the meal i'm not done yeah. <laughs> literally literally that's what dinner was in my family too like we would eat dinner at like 9 30 p.m it's like latin people eat so late and then you go to sleep but that's why my grandma says i have nightmares because if you You're eat too full. late your brain stays okay. active new york cheesecake is a good one it's a good one right what's your good one? probably apple pie i mm. love apple pie would you have it with ice <laughs> with alamode 
Maybe. just straight up? Straight up, though, mm. honestly. Mm-hmm. And this is a good desert island food because there's fruit and bread. Okay, I didn't want... <laughs> this is all the food. You don't know if we don't have a cow. You don't know. I don't think we do. You, you, well, you, you have everything you need. Eat together, eat it separate. Mm-hmm. I love apple pie. I can I make like apple pie. I like to change my time. I love apple pie. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Robert. Thank you. Thank you. That's so great. So much. Look fun. at the giggles. I loved it. it was okay. So fun. And this soft serve was amazing. Now I have to go back to my office. It's like <laughs> my living room. Back in the app. <laughs> oh, thank you. The thank, phone. You. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was so, so much fun. fun. It was so fun. Thank you so much for joining us over dinner tonight. I am so grateful to have you at our dinner table. It means so much, not just to me, but to this community that we're growing together. And because our dinner table is big enough for everyone, I'd love to invite you to invite a friend to our dinner parties by sending the link to the show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can join us for dinner every Tuesday. Over Dinner Tonight is produced in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team at Pod People. Rachel King, Matt Sav, Amy Machado, Madison Lesby, Daniel Roth, Whitney Shepard, and Morgan Foose. Our production team in New York City includes Samantha Cohen and Joseph O'Malley. See you next week. <laughs>